Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came from Catherine over email. Catherine wrote in to say, My eight-year-old son is very aware of how he performs. When he is performing worse than others, he's very hard on himself. He says, I'm the worst and cries. His whole body posture and face changes. He drags his feet, slumps his shoulders, and looks very withdrawn and discouraged. This comes up most often in sports. Recently, he played baseball, and when he struck out, he usually cried. I think the public nature of striking out heightens his distress. If I talk to him about it at the time, he gets upset. If I try to discuss something unrelated, he gets upset. If we attempt to talk with him after the game or a day later, he doubles down that he is the worst player or he says he doesn't want to talk about it. We try to validate his emotions. We try to encourage and validate his efforts and not the outcome, but nothing seems to work. He is convinced he's the worst. It's heartbreaking. I don't want to get into a logical battle with him about him not being the worst. You're exactly right, Catherine. You do not want to get into a logical battle with him. Your instincts are correct because there is no world in which he will say, ah, that's a good point. You're right. I never thought of it like that. I guess I am better at some things than I realize. I mean, very few eight-year-olds are going to have that ability. And in this case, his default mode network, which is what your brain has going on when you're not consciously focusing and intentionally doing something when your mind is wandering... Some of us, some of the time, some of us, a lot of the time, have a default mode network that can really pump out a stream of negativity. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to our interview with Ned Hallowell, who is the world's foremost ADHD expert. We had him on the show, and he talked about how in kids with ADHD in particular, but lots of kids can have this DMN, as he calls it, that's pumping out this stream of negativity. To quote what Dr. Hallowell gave us for advice in that episode, you don't argue with it. You don't mistake it for reality, even for their reality, because it's just something that their brain is ruminating on and going over and over about. You don't mistake it for a reality that you need to change. You redirect. You don't argue with him. You get him doing something else. As you were saying, he doesn't want to talk about it there. He doesn't want to talk about it later. He doesn't want to talk about it. And if you do bring it up, it readdresses on the worst and it gets him going again. So definitely redirection is the right thing here, especially if talking about it later only serves to make him double down. That doesn't mean that you don't consider whether baseball is the right activity for him. 
Catherine wrote a longer email to us, so I didn't read all of it, but Catherine brought up elsewhere in her letter that she was concerned that her son is not ready to deal with sports that have such a public focus on individual performance. And we all know anybody who's been at the bat with everybody looking, something about being at the bat in baseball, being the goalie in soccer, being the pitcher in baseball, these sort of individually focused moments where everybody's looking at you. That's not for everybody. It certainly wasn't for me as a kid. Catherine says her son reacts better in hockey because you can just kind of get out there and skate around. There's less opportunity for individual focus or errors. They're much more obvious in baseball. Catherine, I think you're on to something. Hockey, soccer, being in a chorus instead of being in the play. There are lots of things where kids can participate. There's volleyball. There's cross country. There's tons of sports that don't have this individual focus. And maybe you have a kid who's just not really cut out for that stuff. That might be right now, and that's okay. You might have a kid who just want to be a baseball player, and that's okay. You don't say in your email or letter why baseball in particular is so important. Maybe it is something he even likes. Maybe you see him as even being good at it. There might be reasons you want him to continue with baseball, but if we're putting his self-esteem as the most important thing we're solving for, his self-esteem, then if he's crying a lot playing baseball and he's not crying a lot playing hockey, then I think that's some pretty useful information. I'm going to give a shout out to another one of our episodes you might want to listen to. It's called When to Let Kids Quit. And Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit, had some opinions on when we let kids drop activities. Will they be weak if we let them quit? Should we make them tougher by making them stay? And she says, yes, let them quit, but don't let them quit on a hard day. I like that message. You don't let them quit because it's hard. You let them quit at the end of the season. You let them quit when they've had a pretty good day. You let them quit when there's something else to go to, I would argue. In your son's case, you want it to be maybe if we're not going to play baseball anymore, then we'll do this instead. Let him come up with it. Let him drive it. Let him go to something that has more self-esteem built into it for him or maybe fewer challenges to his self-esteem and let him move toward that. I don't think letting him quit baseball is such a bad thing as long as you don't tie the quitting to his performance. As long as you don't say, if you're going to cry for a week, then I guess we just don't do that anymore. Don't tie it into him disappointing you by crying. Certainly don't tie it into him disappointing you by striking out. That's not why he's quitting. And so you definitely have to untie it from being at baseball. You have to untie it for moments when the default mode network is in full steam. And I think that probably the best way to introduce it is not to say like, hey, do you want to quit baseball? But hey, do you want to try this other thing instead? Don't worry too much about the long-term effects to his self-esteem. You might just have a kid for whom this stuff is a little bit harder than other kids, and that might not be true forever, but it's true right now. So if you're solving for his self-esteem, then you redirect, then you find activities that enhance his self-esteem, and you put your energy and focus there. Send us your parenting questions, and we might answer yours next. Email us, questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.